I don't like to really wear anything that I know has, you know, been made by people that hated making it. It just feels better to know where the things that I'm wearing have come from, that it's been purchased ethically. I will never tire of, you know, wearing things that have been made by repurposed fabric. You know, the more time that goes on, the older that they are, so they become more special, right? This idea of, like, you know, looking in your home and seeing things that you might throw away. How can I reuse that? Or, like, what can I do with it? And, like, sort of a revival in, you know, like, sewing and those crafts. It's voting in the kind of future we want to have. Today, I'm chatting with co-founders of a virtual vintage market, Emily and Georgie. Both with their own creative brands, Medley and Peony Vintage, Emily and Georgie connected over their love of vintage patterns and prints. They share their energy and own experiences of curating their virtual market days, the joys of shopping small, second-hand and sustainably, and what they see for the future of vintage and how creatives are taking the space and making it their own. Who wants to go first? You can. Okay, so um, my name is Emily Sturgis and I, um, as well as co-founding a virtual vintage market with Georgie in 2020, um, I have my own sustainable fashion brand called Medley Vintage. Um, it started out, I don't know, really very, very casually, like buying and selling vintage. Basically, I had to sell the vintage because I would have hoarded everything and then there would have been a problem. And then I sort of got really into it and then... Yeah, I then started upcycling fabrics that I'd been collecting and hoarding into um, designs that I sort of are inspired by historical design costume vintage pieces as well. Hi, I'm Georgie Robertson. I have my own brand called Peony Vintage, which I set up seven years ago. I'm based in Margate and the brand started in Margate in a small pink shop on the corner of King Street, which is in the old town. So it's a short walk away from Margate Station. I started out doing women's wear and children's wear. And then I started doing vintage inspired jewellery, which I designed and made. And I started doing subscription boxes. And then the brand sort of evolved and it became like women's wear and accessories. And then just women's wear. It means that I can really hone in and make sure that I just get the best quality pieces. A lot of my stuff is actually part of why I bonded with Emily so well is that some of our tastes and styles of things that we source really cross over with we both like a bit of colour, a bit of print, a bit of pattern, dopamine dressing. I closed my physical shop in December 2022. I've been doing it solely online ever since and I'm in the process of trying to make my website a more robust shopping experience for people. But it's definitely a change, not having a physical shop. I am enjoying it, but it's just interesting to see the way that retail has sort of evolved over the past few years, not just with the pandemic. People are more aware of one, sustainability, but shopping small and supporting independent. You know, it's great for those of us that have always shopped that way because we're able to sort of, you know, all then scream and shout about it that we've all been doing for years. Feels like people are sort of listening now, which is really uh, revolutionary. So yeah, that's a bit about me. As I say, I'm in Margate. Emily's not in Margate, so um, we'll get on to sort of how we connected. No, I'm up in Cambridge. What Georgie's saying is so right, because before I set Medley up, before Medley and the vintage was what I did full time, 
my jobs were always corporate. So they were creative, but it was definitely corporate. And, you know, I'd come into work wearing like a vintage dress um, or something I'd bought secondhand. People were just like, were like, oh, that's interesting. Or like, I'd, I'd be selling, I'd be selling my vintage, but obviously they would sort of be like, oh, what are you selling? I was like, oh, I've got a vintage business. And they were like, oh, that's nice. And I think it's really lovely to see it becoming more mainstream and like people buying vintage dresses that they then like wear to their job and then like wear to, you know, weddings and christenings. And it's just like Georgie said, it's becoming more mainstream and a preferred choice for a lot of people. Um, And it's really normalizing it. Shopping secondhand didn't feel very trendy. Even a decade ago, it was very, you know, the vintage world was very niche and this sort of mysterious thing for like either proper vintage like fans and the traders. There was like a sort of mysterious curtain it was sort of operating behind and now it sort of is out there and people really seem to love it. And I think again, like Georgie said, it's all about shopping small. I mean, you'll know this for Creative Babes Club and the impact that small businesses have and how it kind of creates community and like really spreads joy and like feel like feeling good. And there's just so many positive things. I think I think Georgie um, and I sort of really believe that, you know, our clothing should make you happy. And Shopping Small does that wearing clothing from vintage sellers from small businesses, you know, like upcyclers who've like lovingly handmade something out of crochet blankets or an old bedspread that maybe it was one from their grandma's loft um, and it would otherwise go to landfill. And yeah, I think the things that you buy from these businesses you're more likely to treasure because they feel special. Like it really feels like you've bought something, something lovely. I I don't know. I think there is a lot to be said about the impact that these things have, you know, on, on, on our, the way we feel and the, and obviously the planet. The fact I have so many tabs open in my head that that was so juicy. I am such a pattern and colour lover in my home, in my clothes. So that's something that I've really gravitated to both of your brands and of course the virtual vintage market is that pop of colour, that lovely curation of clothes and fabrics and oh, it's just so dreamy. But I know that I for sure can see a shift in the creative industry not only the accessibility that you've touched on there, Emily, with how we view secondhand shopping and wearing vintage and, you know, the accessibility to have it in your own home. And this can be something that's really tangible and it's something that you can implement in your life as a hobby or like a way of living, way of being sustainable. But also, and this is something I'd love to dive into with you both um, in this conversation today, the way that creatives are implementing these more sustainable outlets, sourcing fabrics, how they're maybe not creating a product from scratch, but upcycling something. I've definitely seen through Creative Babes Club a real moment and movement for that, which is really exciting. But let's start at the beginning. I'd love to know, you mentioned that you connected because you have this love of vintage and you found this like synergy between both of your vintage brands. Those initial conversations, where did a virtual vintage market begin? Did you have exciting talks? Was there a gut feeling? Was it a very natural process? I think we were both featured by Daisy Murray of LUK in a... um best online vintage shops roundup. I don't know even how we started chatting. The blue high cross collar shirt, which I've still got, I bought that from you because I just fell in love with it. But yeah, I found you through the roundup and was like, 
this girl's amazing. Like, I love her style. I loved your stuff as well. We then just started sort of chatting, didn't we? Yeah, there were a lot of, like, Hun memes. I think that's the thing. Like, it's so much more than, like, oh, we're both vintage sellers and, like, we loved each other's stock. There, obviously, there's all of that. We also just, like, meshed as people. Like, Georgie's, like, my sister because we just have that bond. And it really is, like, not something you can, like, bake. It wasn't that we connected and then we, you know, it wasn't that money, it was nothing to do with money. It was a connection and it all came from that and it was very natural. The ironic thing is, is that our journey with a virtual vintage market is natural during a very unnatural time. Yeah. And the reason that we decided to give it a go was because the pandemic had just hit, which meant that you couldn't do market and affairs and I couldn't trade physically from my shop. Transferring everything that we were both doing, but to online. And then we kind of put our heads together and thought, well, there'd be loads of other people in our boat. It would be nice to do it together at a time where we felt so disconnected from one another. And we decided to float this idea with a couple of traders that we'd met online. And they said, oh, yeah, that sounds good. We'd love to be involved. And we gave it a go. We ended up with quite a few traders to begin with. And obviously, everyone's completely up and down the country. Only a couple of the traders we actually hosted, you had met in person and I had met in person, maybe very briefly, not even to do with trading just in the real world we we had to rally around online and decide to do this thing and put this thing on we made it really immersive and I remember I had all my rails out in my garden um, and set it all up and it was incredible the amount of people that tuned in throughout the day the first market it felt like we'd sort of broken the internet yeah, it was amazing. Like we were supposed to have like a schedule of like live chats and stuff so that people could like hear about the different brands and like their stories and like what the pandemic, like how it affected them and stuff. Put a human face to shopping online because I think when you go onto like marketplaces and stuff, it's all very techy. The brand and the human and the team behind it kind of falls into the backdrop. Yeah, it was it was it was really about being to camera, but not in a showy offy way, just in a, I am a person, you can discover my brand, you can shop with me, that is an option, but it's just really nice for you to be here. I think that was kind of the unsaid feeling that we wanted to give to everyone watching and tuning into the market for the first one that we did. It was just, hey, how are you? Thanks for being here. Um, It means a lot to all of the brands. This is what we do. This is what we can offer. And it was great because everyone does offer very different selection of things. You know, like I've said that Emily and I bonded over our similarity of what we choose with the colour and the print and the pattern. But then we also showcase a lot of traders who are very minimalist, very monochrome, you know, will focus on a specific piece. The reworking, which is something that we saw had a huge resurgence during the pandemic. People were at home, they had time on their hands to discover creativity that they had inside them that they didn't know was there through that time to be with yourself or you know at home because we weren't allowed to be out doing our normal jobs and everyone had to find another outlet when i look back that was creative babes club pop-up online market era and you are so right 
that humanness that we were all really lacking and craving was really celebrated in those virtual events. Gosh, that creativity, that was like gold dust or being able to discover new creatives when you felt really uncreative and unable to do your normal day-to-day routine as a creative, as a business owner. That was really not only inspiring and really I think reassuring as well, because we didn't know what was going to happen, especially in the early days. We didn't know how connections would be made going forward and what our new normal would be. And it was a really scary time for creatives and business owners. And I know, even if I didn't have Creative Babes Club, I know that I would have found so much joy, like you said, Emily, and so much just that basic human connection that we need in a time where it felt really, let's be honest, crap and uncertain. Yeah, so I can really look back at that period and see not only Creative Babes Club's online events, but yours and all of the other amazing brands. It was a real, ironically, I've never felt more connected to creatives than at that time where we were so disconnected in the world. I feel completely the same. That part of that time just felt amazing because we were able to communicate with one another because we weren't you know it is isn't it it's the whole irony of the whole thing we were able to connect so much because we weren't able to connect in real life so it gave everyone the chance to communicate and everyone you know helped each other through things and the business was businesses for people that they pivoted to work alongside that You know, it was complete fight. Everyone was fighting, as in fighting to continue and to not give up and to find more ways to pivot or evolve their business, which was amazing because you saw so much come out of it and so many people also elevated their brands. Yeah, people had to get their businesses online and up and running, you know, who previously had only ever done in real life events. And also, I think one of the lovely things is these markets bring brands from all over the country. And we even have international traders. They bring them to people's phones. Like a lot of people don't have the luxury of being able to jump on a train and go to London or live in London or live somewhere that's got a really kind of rich um, array of like small businesses to shop with or vintage markets and vintage events. It's such a privilege to have that on your doorstep. So the markets kind of equalized in a way, like everything, because it meant that customers could literally shop all these beautiful things that they'd either have to spend like hours trawling for on the internet themselves. Um, And not everyone would know how and where to look to find what they're after. And also connect them with the business owners themselves and like actually chat to them and stuff. Because also, you know, if you do go to the fairs, like they're often so busy. And when you're selling in them, you don't really have time, you know, you might not have time to kind of really chat to customers and get to know them. Whereas through um, the virtual markets, you can really take your time when shopping and you can actually chat to the business owners. And, you know, one minute you're chatting to like, for example, we work with someone called Elaine, who's the closet and she's up in Aberdeen. Then there are the brands in London, um, there are, you know, brands in Margate, all over. We've got Kelly um, Hollis, who upcycles jewellery, and she's based in California. You know, it is quite amazing. I guess you have that as well with brands that you've worked with. You've seen them evolve and, you know, grow or, you know, pivot what they want to do. And it's quite a privilege to be 
witness to someone's journey. It's so exciting. That's one of my favourite things with what I do and what I'm doing through the Creative Babes Club because I try to encourage and I try to encourage myself on that evolution and it can be, and I've been there before, it can be so easy to push against the evolution and the growth and the pivot or whatever it is and think, no, well, this is what I do, this is what I have been doing and sometimes you don't have the option like the lockdown period where it was like, oh, we're doing this now. But I think on a normal, air quote, normal day-to-day life when you're feeling that resistance or that pull to somewhere else it can be really tricky to acknowledge that in the first place and then really put all your faith all your creative energy and passion and just go for it how have you first of all what does your virtual events look like to anyone who hasn't come across your brand before what's the vibe how does it work so we have our own Instagram page. We have a website as well, which if you don't know anything about us, it's a good place to start on the website because it tells you about who we are, why we set it up and the events that we offer. But it's all run through Instagram, which is amazing. We're very lucky to have that tool at the moment because it's free for everyone to use. So very lucky to have that as a tool to be able to run our businesses. So we have our own page on there. When we're running a market, what you'll see leading up to a market is you'll see posts going up that introduce each brand. You'll see either a photo or a video, and then there'll be a little blurb that the brand has written about what they show off, what they sell, or a bit about them. And then we would share them again to stories and save that to a highlight so that anyone popping on the page if you know you don't have the time to like read through everything on the feed you can just click on the highlight and you can see who's trading and then at that point you know it's up to it's up to you as a browser or a customer if you want to then go and follow that brand so that you can keep up to date with things that they might be previewing that are going to be exclusive to the market so we ask all of our brands to keep exclusive pieces that are only available on on that day which obviously brings more people to the day the beautiful thing about any small business is that everything really is a luxury product most of the time with us we're very lucky to say it definitely is because most things are a complete one-off so if you haven't got multiples it automatically you know it is it's it's amazing it's like the buzz of having you know you want that you're falling in love with it your gut goes oh my god i need it and you get it and whether that is a vintage dress or a beautifully painted candle it's the same feeling of okay someone else is responsible for bringing this to my eyes and now my heart wants it and i will love it I just want to caveat that by saying when your purchases arrive from all of these small brands that are often like lovingly hand wrapped in like beautiful, like specific brand, like wrapping paper with a little thank you note, like so much love and care goes into the whole packaging of it. So when it arrives, it's literally like you've bought something from Selfridges or Liberty. You also have to pay for gift wrapping with like a lot of high street brands. These beautiful, amazing businesses, it's all part of the experience and service they provide. We will upload a feed post to our Instagram, which will be a selection of media for each brand. 
So there'll be one post and it'll be about the brand, what the brand's offering on the day, what they're offering exclusively, what they do, whether they've got any special discount codes maybe. Sometimes we're really lucky in our brands create codes just for the market, which is really great and really fun i mean i've definitely used that for things for myself before and then worn and shown off and i'm like it's from this brand and they've traded with us and it's so cool so we host it and then we introduce all of the brands but then as a customer someone browsing you would go directly to the brand's instagram page see how they're selling it what it offers what the returns policies are whether they've got any postage fees all of those things are up to each brand because we want to leave that all in their court you know they're small businesses obviously we'll verify we don't just host anyone we you know we work with good people nice people polite people because we know that they'll be polite to customers a big perk of trading with us is that our customers know that it will be a really amazing customer experience for them to shop these brands. Then we will host throughout the day and sort of show things off. Most of the time, Emily and I will trade ourselves as our own brands and we'll then lust after other people's things that they're selling. We're obviously all trading, but then we all chat as well and talk about things that we're doing. And we do encourage everyone to have really beautiful media because that's obviously, you know, it's so key and so important in standing out online. But also it gives your business the best chance of being shown off to, you know, what you're trying to put out into the world. It's quite a buzzy day and it's quite full on. It's quite energetic because we're all trading behind the scenes, but it's good fun. And we've got a really good community. Lots of people have returned and there's some some customers that have just bought from every single brand and then some customers have bought they will always go to that one brand that they know that brand will have something for them that they love and that's really special because we've seen a lot of brands build up great relationships with customers that found them through the market as well that dopamine hit of discovering a new brand is like glorious enough but when you know it's the only thing that you can get and your chances now because we've all had moments where we've not bought it or we've been too late to slap something up you just think oh no that thing got out of my hands and I also I am such a gift wrap girly I love when I wrap presents and gifts for other people, I'll use beautiful papers and ribbons. And then I'll be like, if you don't want that ribbon, can I have it back? And I'm totally wrapping the gift for my own pleasure and <laughs> not for the person who's receiving it. Yeah. I'm a selfish gift wrapper. And um, so that's always something I enjoy from creative brands. And another thing that is such a cup filling moment for me is mooching, going to charity shops. So I can imagine that your curation process, not only for both of you but for your stall holders is so fun and satisfying I wonder if you could share a glimpse of what that process looks like for you both oh goodness I know it's the colors and like it's the little peep of like if it's garments it's the little peep of something poking out on the rail that like catches your eye isn't it and then you kind of 
pull the things aside and have a look at it and it's either something amazing and you can't believe your luck or maybe it's not the one I kind of like the spontaneity of it all. I mean, for Medley, when I'm kind of styling shoots and stuff for the products, like I really think about the storytelling and like, what am I trying to convey? Like, what's the mood of it? So if it's summer, like it'll be bright checks. And like, I like using lemons and strawberries and like the kind of fruit of pims and things because it like evokes summer and like that vibe. Because my brand is like eternally summer. At winter, I just sort of have a bit of a panic what do I do? And I just roll with it. I don't know. It's just all year pink. Maybe it is just one of those things where it's just always summer. But um, I don't know, for curating the markets, it depends on who applies. And I mean, Georgie, I'll hand this over to Georgie because she absolutely is the master of this. Her way of curating our feed and like how the brands sit together and the products that we're going to use to introduce them and then you know how those products sit with the other I mean she just she does it and it always looks incredible so I'm going to pass this over to you Georgie. I mean we look at obviously the media that comes in if we want to see something shot differently because we know that it will elevate it we will have that conversation with the brand we're not scared to do that because we obviously it's our feed we know what people like and what people want and we're both got our ear to the ground. We know what people are talking about, hot topics, hot trends, you know. And that's the other thing is, even though it's obviously trend-less, you do have to be aware of them because it can bring someone's attention to something that they might not previously have thought about wearing. It's about having that in your mind as well. We try to use things that look great on the feed next to each other we wouldn't have similar things next to one another you know if something's pink and flowery we probably would choose maybe a trench coat or something because then they'll see that we offer more diverse options and obviously that's what we're trying to encourage as well is individual style not everyone's style will be mine or emily's it will be completely different we really try and promote that I spend ages just looking at everything and seeing how it will sit together, the lighting and the colours and things like that. We will give tips if we feel that our tips would work and to see if people could try things differently. So it's it's never a case of we always just use what comes in. Sometimes there might be things that go on behind the scenes that people don't people wouldn't be aware of. It's very carefully managed and carefully curated. Like we wouldn't put loads of minimalist um, aesthetic things together and loads of maximalist stuff. Like you almost want to have like that juxtaposition of two very different aesthetic because then it means that they really pop on the feed. It's not just like a sea of the same thing. The colours and like the white balance, like there's all this stuff. Like I said, Georgie's an absolute whiz. You know, the feed always looks incredible. My OCD brain was just having flashbacks of curating my grid back in the day for my online events. And it was one of those most people, if not all people listening to this, will be a creative or they resonate with being a creative. But when I talk to people who don't resonate as a creative about, like, you know, the small details or when you can't quite explain why something looks wrong, it's just wrong and it needs to be like this instead, whether it be me talking about some work I'm doing or why you can't put that cushion there because that doesn't go with the floor of my living room. (laughs) I think there's just, like, that creative gut instinct that we have 
it's really cool to hear like I was saying when I talk about it to people and they're just like well does it matter I'm like yes it matters of course it matters so it's really lovely to hear that not only are you so conscious and carefully curating your brand for the sustainability reasons and for your audience and for that gorgeous customer immersive experience that you've been talking about it makes the experience for your soul holders uplifting them you are elevating them like you've mentioned with the whole trend less but if there is a trend let's use that to really elevate your piece I think that's such a gorgeous cozy community that you've curated it's really heartwarming to hear I would love to hear from both of you because I feel like if you are into secondhand or thrifting an iconic thrifting story that they tell everyone at every opportunity whether it be a steal or the most amazing piece if either of you have one that comes to mind I'm going to share mine which is my three pound bamboo table it's like a beautiful bamboo gorgeous color it looks worn but not too worn the weaving on it is beautiful gorgeous pattern and I saw it as I was driving past one of my favorite charity shops to go to like the car park around the corner And I saw it, I wasn't driving, I saw it in the corner of my eye, like kind of in the window. It was becoming really trendy to have all this bamboo cane furniture and I thought it would probably be at least like, I don't know, 20 pounds. Anyway, I go in, I ask how much it is and she says it's three pounds and I'm like, I need it immediately. So that's my like charity shop steal. Do either of you have a moment that you love to harp on about or sometimes you just find yourself daydreaming over a certain piece? Wasn't there that chair that you found? Was it a couple of years ago? Oh, my God. Yes, I completely forgot about this. Sorry, there's been so much. I found a a, um, Wassily. Do you pronounce it Wassily? I think so. Well, I'll say Wassily and then someone can go and Google it. But it's like a leather strap chrome chair. And I found it next to a bin in Margate, like on a street. I picked it up and I carried it all the way back to my flat. It was like a 20 minute walk. And I carried it back and my partner was like, what have you brought back? I was like, I found this chair, isn't it amazing? I'm going to wash it. And it is, it's, a, it's an amazing chair and you can get them on like Vinteria and stuff. And they're quite a bit of money. I've seen a couple of others, but they're fake ones and they're all sort of worn away. They're not real leather, so they're like really worn away. But um, yeah, I'm really happy with that. That just cost me, you know, my fitness. <laughs> Having to bring that back. I mean, but that's the thing when you're, when you've always got your eye out for something because that's what you live in and you live as that, you're always going to have your eye out. Oh, goodness. I'm really scratching my brains. I think it's because, do you know what? I've been in my rails all morning, like shooting and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So my brain is just like, oh, goodness. I went, I popped out and went to some of my local charity shops just to kind of see what was there. I found the most incredible vintage 80s or 90s Tom and Jerry jumper. Really cool. And I think it was Mother Care. I mean, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? I got it for like a couple of quid. But I know that kind of novelty knitted jumpers are like, well, I think they always are popular. Parents don't want to buy, like a lot of parents don't really want to put their kids in like, you know, obviously generic fast fashion kind of, you know, stuff I think people like to put their children in nice things and like you know or at least I'm speaking for myself and a lot of the mums I know yeah like I think these retro kind of um jumpers with like Snoopy and stuff on are like you know people just can't get enough of them and I know that vintage sellers like a lot of the kids sellers like when they're selling them they will sell out like immediately 
so yeah, I was quite chuffed because I always, whenever um, there are any drops on with any of the brands like B Diddy, um, for example, or like Wolf and Mabel um, or Lamb, um, I always miss out on like the cute quirky jumpers. Like people just are so fast. I think I'm also like trying to put the baby down for a morning nap. So I always miss everyone's drops. And then I'm like, oh, I really liked that. But yeah, so that's my, um, yeah, that's, that's my latest thing that I'm really chuffed with. Have you noticed an evolution since you began a virtual vintage market in your brands or in the way we shop specifically? It could be in the vintage space or how conscious we are of fast fashion at the moment. People are more, they're more interested. They're ready to listen about what you've got because they are more willing to shop sustainably than ever before. But you do need to be able to sort of show examples of how things can be worn and how to slide them into a contemporary wardrobe to enable people to think that they would get the most wares out of them. Because the thing with a lot of fast fashion stuff, it's all basics that people buy um, because they need basics. It's showing people it can be moulded into something that you wear every day rather than just something that's special for like a special day. It's like every day is special. I don't like to really wear anything that I know has, you know, been made by people that hated making it. I'm not saying that everyone loved making everything in the 60s and 70s and 80s, but it just feels better to know where the things that I'm wearing have come from that it's been purchased ethically. So I try and project that onto obviously what I'm selling, but showing people ways in which you can wear it, I think is really important. That accessibility note, isn't it? Because I know for a brain like mine, that is very, gets very overwhelmed and it can be quite daunting to, I just can't relate to the type of person who can start something and start it wholeheartedly 100% like for example I'm going to eat healthy so I'm not going to eat anything unhealthy like my brain just gets like oh that's a lot that's anxious I'll just won't eat anything healthy and go the complete other way so I think really taking the whether it be your fashion or your homewares or how you just generally shop gifting whatever it is trying shopping secondhand shopping small however you can in your way and doing it step by step and really falling in love with the process and the creativity especially if you are shopping secondhand you generally have to work for it in terms of you have to go out there and search and scroll and shop and really thrift to find those gems and iconic pieces our markets platform like it's a highly curated shopping experience um so when it comes to those basic everydays, plain t-shirts or jeans and stuff, I found that vintage is incredible. I mean, I'm, I've am i been sorting through all my children's things at the moment and literally the price point for stuff on there, like it's, it's so affordable. You know, you could buy like three rompers for like £1.50, um, which is cheaper than supermarkets and a lot of the fast fashion retailers. The process is really user-friendly and like really easy for shopping secondhand. I've got some absolutely brilliant things on there. 
I find it really exciting, like I touched on earlier, how I'm seeing creative brands use the sustainability factors and the upcycling, repurposing, using dead stock materials and really being imaginative and creative and innovative in how they're creating products, how they're curating collections. I think of like Sorel Jewels and her vintage rings. I think of Goose Glitters and her vintage paper collages. And I feel like we've been talking about there's a real movement and shift. What do you see for the future for repurposing for creative brands? I'm the shopper and I'm in awe of it. I mean, I'm wearing this dress is from our market. It's made from curtains and surplus cotton and it's by the cotton cycle. I will never tire of, you know, wearing things that have been made by repurposed fabric. For me, it's not going anywhere. It's all heirloom fabric you know the more time that goes on the older that they are so they become more special right like as part of um medley and what i do and it's what all these talented makers that you as well alice work with do um but also like i really hope that this idea of like you know looking in your home and seeing things that you might throw away how can i reuse that or like what can i do with it and like sort of a revival in you know like sewing and those crafts and things all the um women you know in my family and i know georgie your georgie's mum um, was an incredible sewer as well. You know, it was something that everyone sort of could do. And, you know, people would buy sewing plants things. You couldn't just go into a shop and buy, you know, a lot of these dresses because they were really expensive. So you would get the pattern for it, like the Vogue pattern and make it yourself. And I, I really hope that there's a kind of like shift towards everybody, like, doing a bit of um, upcycling themselves just to kind of not end up at landfill. It's been very exciting seeing upcycle and, and take all these... Um, beautiful antique and vintage fabrics and make them into something new and and wearable and every time you see customers wearing their designs like they look so happy and the fact that you're um you know it's planet friendly and it's um you know it's voting in the kind of future we want to have and values we as a community want to have it is a very lovely exciting and creative thing and i'm also looking forward to see the evolution of it all I leave um, every episode with one question for my guests, and that is, what does being a creative babe mean to you? So, um, well, as a former creative babe, um, as I once traded with babe. you, Alice, <laughs> letting your creativity flow, just like embracing embracing everything, embracing things that inspire you, being receptive to inspiration, going with the flow, receiving um, good energy and putting it out into the world. That is what I would say as well. Do one thing, you can you can transform and you can evolve and everyone's journeys are different. Love that. Thank you, Bar. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you for having us.